Welcome to these Bible lessons on the Old Testament. In these lessons, we'll cover God's magnificent creation of all the world, including the creation of man, the crown of God's creation. We'll follow with the sad fall of man in paradise and the consequences this brought to the world. In the continuing lessons, we'll teach how God visits men with the revelation of His covenant of grace. When we travel together through the entire Old Testament, we see God visiting His nation of Israel with revelations of this covenant of grace, pointing constantly to the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. Welcome to our Old Testament Bible History Series, Lesson 25, Joseph Raised Out of Prison. Please follow along in Genesis 40 and 41. Before we begin, please imagine with me that you are standing on a sidewalk at night next to a building. And around the corner of the building, a person is walking towards you. As they get closer, then you can see their shadow arrive first. By looking at this shadow, you get an outline or a bit of an idea of what the person actually looks like. And that's what's happening in this story. The story of Joseph will serve as the shadow of the real story. Joseph's story gives us an insight into what the future Savior will look like and what he will do. Next, I have a more personal question for you. Are you happy? Are you really, truly happy? And I'm not talking about the small burst of joy when you get something new. I can guarantee you that you will never find anything in this world that will make you truly happy. It will always break, wear out, or you'll become bored with it, or something newer and flashier will come along. Today, in this story, we will learn about something that everybody misses, and until we have it, we will always be spiritually hungry. Okay, let's move to our story then. Pharaoh is furious at two of his top officials. His top butler and his top baker have done something to offend him, and Pharaoh throws them into prison. This is the same prison where Joseph is living. You already know that Joseph was faithful and wise in the work given to him in the prison. God was with Joseph and blessed him in everything. And so one morning, Joseph comes into the room by the butler and the baker. Joseph takes one look at them and sees that something is wrong. What's wrong? He says, why do you look so sad? Well, the story comes out that both the butler 
and the baker have had a troubling dream. They are sad because they cannot go to the wise men of Egypt to learn what their dream means. That's right. There were magicians and wise men in Egypt who pretended to be able to tell you what your dreams meant. Joseph immediately understood that God had sent these two dreams to these men and was beginning to work out his plan. Joseph says, Do not interpretations belong to God? From Joseph's answer, we can see that in all these years, Joseph did not lose faith in God. He was convinced that God's revelation in his own two dreams would come true. And so with God's help, he is willing to interpret the dreams of the butler and the baker. The butler tells his story first. And Joseph tells him what it means. Joseph says, In three days, Pharaoh will call you out of prison and put you back into your old job. You will stand at his table and give him his wine just like you used to. Oh, and please remember to tell him about me. I've done nothing wrong and do not deserve to be in this prison. The baker tells his dream next, but does not get a very positive answer from Joseph. Joseph tells him that in three days, he too will be released from prison. Instead of being given his old job back, he will be hanged, executed, and the birds will come and eat his flesh. And sure enough, three days later, Pharaoh sent his officers to the prison to take out the butler and the baker. The events happened exactly as Joseph had predicted. In the butler's happiness, he forgot all about Joseph. Two years later, Pharaoh himself has a dream. In fact, God sent him two dreams. He was really bothered by these dreams and troubled about their meaning. And so in the morning, he sends for his magicians and wise men. They were not able to give Pharaoh a clue about his dreams. They were helpless. This really bothered Pharaoh because he knew these dreams had a meaning and he just had to know what it was. And suddenly, the chief butler remembered something. He remembered Joseph. Pharaoh, he says, I do remember my faults this day. Two years ago, you had me in prison, and there was a young Hebrew there who was able to tell the meaning of dreams. If anybody can tell you the meaning of your dream, I think he can do it. Well, Pharaoh was ready to try anything, and he sent for Joseph to be taken out of prison quickly. Pharaoh explained things to Joseph. I have dreamed a dream and there is no one who can tell me what it means. I have been told you can understand dreams and interpret them. Now listen to Joseph's wise answer. The power is not in me, but God will give Pharaoh a good answer. And Pharaoh begins to talk. 
In my first dream, I was standing at the side of the river, and there were seven fat and handsome cows coming up out of the river to feed on the grass at the riverside. And while they were feeding, seven other cows followed them up from the river, but they were thin, poor, and miserable-looking cows. The seven thin cows ate up the seven fat cows, but were just as thin and skinny as before. And then I had another dream, he says. In the second dream, there were seven heads of grain growing upon one stalk. They were large, strong, healthy-looking. But then seven heads came up after them that were thin, poor, and weak. And these seven thin heads ate up the seven healthy heads, but still looked as weak as before. Joseph, can you tell me what these dreams mean? Well, Joseph knew the two dreams had the same meaning. He said, God is showing you what he's going to do in this land. There is coming to Egypt seven years of plenty like you have never seen before. The fields are going to yield an unbelievable amount of crops. <clears throat> but after that, there will be seven years of famine where the fields will bring no crops at all. There will be such a great famine that people will have nothing to eat and they will forget all about those years of plenty. Pharaoh, I think you should find a man who is able and wise and make him ruler over the land. During the years of plenty, let a part of the crops be stored away for the future years of famine that are coming. If this will be done, then you can have enough in the years of famine. Pharaoh's question to his counselors after receiving this news was, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? Yes, that was Joseph. The Spirit of God was with Joseph. The Spirit of God taught Joseph how to interpret dreams. The Spirit of God gave Joseph the wisdom to provide advice and counsel to Pharaoh. Many years later, the Lord Jesus Christ would say of himself in Luke 4, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Joseph here gives us a detail of what to expect in the future Messiah, who would also have the Spirit of God dwelling in him. Pharaoh understands the wisdom here, and he says to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is no other man as wise as you. I will appoint you to be ruler over Egypt. Everybody will answer to you. You will be my governor of Egypt. Just imagine, the best, the brightest, the smartest came and listened to the dream. But there was none that could tell Pharaoh the meaning of the dream. Then this prisoner comes and tells the meaning correctly. Clearly, God's Spirit was teaching Joseph. We need to be blessed with wisdom by God. Wisdom is especially seen as having a right relationship with God. Pharaoh immediately recognized this in verse 39 when he said, 
For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. And so wisdom is also obeying God's command, as we can read in Deuteronomy 4, verse 6. Keep therefore and do them, God's commands, for this is your wisdom. So, true wisdom, real wisdom, comes from obeying God's commands, but especially having a right relationship with Him. Then, there is this amazing ceremony where Pharaoh takes his ring from off his hand. This was a special ring because it had a seal on there that the king would use to give his authority in royal orders. And he put it on Joseph's hand. He dressed him in fine linen robes and he placed a beautiful gold chain around his neck. He made Joseph ride in a chariot which came right after his own and all the people cried out to him, bow the knee as he passed by. It was clear that Joseph was now ruler over Egypt. Joseph was even given a new name. Find it in verse 45. Zaphnath Paania. The name means revealer of secrets, or a different possible translation is savior of the world. Wasn't this a picture of who Joseph was? Sure, this naming of Joseph was meant by Pharaoh to show that he had authority over Joseph, but it also showed the value that he placed in Joseph. Joseph was also given a wife by Pharaoh. And with his wife, Asenath, Joseph received two sons. The first he named Manasseh, by which Joseph meant that God had made him to forget his sadness and misery of his past. The second son he named Ephraim, by which Joseph meant that God had made him fruitful in the land of his trouble. By this time, Joseph has traveled all around Egypt, building storehouses and collecting grain from the people. There was so much, it was as the sand of the sea and could not be numbered. And soon the years of famine arrived in Egypt and surrounding countries. The people soon used up whatever they had saved, and soon they cried out to Pharaoh to help them. And Pharaoh said, go to Joseph, do whatever he tells you to do. Now the Egyptians and people from the surrounding lands all came to Joseph to buy grain. Now, in the past lessons, we have often tried to make connections between the story and about who God is and what God does. In this story, the connections are very clearly intended by God to point to his son, the Lord Jesus. And so that is what we will try to do. We will try to look at what the story of Joseph tells us about Christ, the Savior. Joseph is the shadow and Joseph gives us an idea of what to expect in the life, work, and purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will try to do this with three examples. First, what does this story tell us about Jesus' ability to feed the hungry? This whole story 
really starts with a famine. When the famine hit, there was no way to describe the absolute gnawing hunger of the people. They were starving, and there was nothing that could satisfy their needs. Everywhere they looked, everything they tried, starvation, famine, emptiness. We have that same experience as we look for happiness in this world. As long as we do not have God, we are not really happy. When the Lord teaches someone that they are a sinner, they are convinced that they are sinful and unrighteous. In Matthew 5, verse 6, Jesus teaches, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So our spiritual hunger problem can only be relieved with the righteousness of Christ. The Egyptian people finally went to Pharaoh crying, give us bread. Pharaoh's reply is, go to Joseph. I have given him control of everything. I love to make him famous. If you want to ask me anything, you had better go through my governor, Joseph. And you see here, Jesus teaches us this exact thing in his own words in John 6, verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So, in the salvation of a sinner, it is only through the righteousness of Christ that there is acceptance with God. Second, let's look at how God is pleased to exalt and honor his Son. We have seen in this story that Pharaoh sent the people straight to Joseph. It's on purpose that we read this description in the Bible of Pharaoh taking the ring off of his hand and putting it on Joseph, of dressing him in fine linen robes, of hanging a golden chain about his neck, of riding in the second chariot and commanding all those who saw him to bow the knee. Let's read in Philippians 2 verse 9 through 11 about God and Jesus. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We can see in Joseph a hint of the future exaltation of Christ by his father. And finally, I would say, think of that little phrase that is the command of Pharaoh, go to Joseph. Joseph didn't turn anyone back who came to him for food. If the people didn't go to Joseph, they would starve and die. You and I need to go to Jesus, confessing our sins, telling him of our needs, our need of a savior. Jesus, in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 37 says, Him that cometh to me, 
I will in no wise cast out. Dear friends, I hope that you may enjoy learning about these Bible stories, but I also pray that the Holy Spirit will bless your reading of the Bible as you read about Joseph. This now brings us to the end of our lesson on Joseph raised out of prison. Our next story will be the wonderful meeting of Joseph and his brethren. <laughs>